Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for October 5th, 2020. It's a Monday, so we're going to set the tone for the whole week with the Word of God. Thank you for allowing me to speak into your life and for starting your day and your week with the Word. So I've been teaching a series entitled Greater is Coming. I don't know if you know this, but God made plans for you before the world began. And as you walk with God and you're led of the Holy Spirit, these plans will all unfold right before your very eyes. And as you walk those things out, greater is coming for you. This is part 39 of the series. The title of today's message is a very important message, actually. Before I give you the title, let me just say this. This is probably one of the, the most important messages I've taught in a while um, because it deals with, with things that we don't like to talk about as it relates to God. It deals with things that sometimes things happen, like in life, in real life, that we do not understand. So the title of today's message is When Crazy Things Happen. What do you do when crazy things happen, when, when, when somebody dies that you didn't expect to die, or God uses you to pray for this person and they get healed, and that person wasn't even a member of your family, and then you go pray for your family member and then they don't get healed and they die, and you're like, what's going on? I mean, crazy things happen, and sometimes when these things happen, if you're not careful, you, you, can, you can get frustrated to the point where where people even question God and their walk and, their, and people leave church and all kind of stuff when crazy things happen. But as believers, we're going to press through all of that. So let's deal with it. You're like, well, Rick, wait a minute. I thought you were talking about David. Yes, I am. So today we're in 1 Samuel chapter 22, and I'm going to cover verses 9 through 20. And, when, and when, when I tell you what happened in this passage, you're going to know what I'm talking about. So let's do it. So on Friday, when we left off with the story, Saul was upset. He was upset with the fact that David had made his way back to Judah and Judah was in, within you know, his confines of Israel. And so Saul was upset with his men and one of them, Deog, the Edomite, spoke up because he was like, hey, how did this happen? How did this happen? How did Saul get back to Judah? Blah, blah, blah. You know, he's really upset. And then Deog, an Edomite, said, excuse me, sir. He was like, yeah, who are you? My name is Deog. Okay, what do you want? Well, sir, you, you, you know, you've met these people before, right? These kiss butt people, brown nose people. He says, sir, when, when, when I was at Nob, I saw the son of Jesse talking to the priest, Ahimelech, the son of Adahub, and Ahimelech consulted the Lord for David and then gave him some food and even gave him a sword, the same sword that he used to kill the Philistine. Oh, Saul was like, I mean, basically this man was, tat was tattling on, on a priest, right? And Saul was furious. So he immediately sent, he said, well, let's go to, to, to Nob. And I want to talk to this Ahimelech guy. I want to talk to this priest. And so when they arrived, he, he starts shouting right there at Ahimelech. He says, listen to me, you son of Adahub. Why have you and the son of Jesse conspired against me? And why did you give him food? And why did you give him a sword? And why did you even consult the Lord for him? What, you, you encouraged him? You encouraged him to kill me? Is that what you're doing? Even now, you're against me? 
And the priest was like, whoa, hold on for a minute, Mr. King. I don't even know what you're talking about. Because remember, David lied when he got to Nob. He told the priest, hey, I'm here on behalf of the king. So the priest was like, what are you talking about? It's like, this dude came up to me. He's David. Everybody knows David. He's a commanding general in your army, and he's your son-in-law. So he told me he was here on an assignment from you, and so of course I had to give him food. He said, hey, I left without my sword, so I gave him the sword. What's wrong with that? Matter, why are you getting mad at me for helping David, your son-in-law? As a matter of fact, I thought I would get in trouble for not helping him. And so he's like, listen, I don't know anything about what you're upset. Why are you even upset? This is not the first time that I've consulted God for David or, or for any of your men. So what's the issue? It's not like I'm trying to do anything against you, Mr. King. And so Saul was too angry to think rationally. So even while the priest is like, I don't know what you're talking about, the king says, surely you are going to die today, you and your entire family. So he looks at his bodyguards and he says, kill the priest. And the bodyguards are like, no, you must be crazy. It's like, come on. At least they had enough fear of the Lord. They was like, no, like that. No, we ain't doing that. I mean, I'm not going to kill a priest. Are you crazy? And so what just, just what it looked like, okay, well, maybe... Ahimelech is going to get out of it, right? And so, oh, whew, maybe we just disaster averted. No, this little kiss butt dude, Dr. comes and says, um, well, sir, and he was like, what, you want to do it? Well, you do it. You go do it. And Dr. said, okay, fine, I'll do it. And, and, and the Bible says that Dr. took that opportunity. Obviously, he was trying to move up in the, in the side of the king, and he did it. Not only did he kill Ahimelech, but he killed all the priests. 85 priests died that day while they were still wearing their priestly garments. Why? Because Saul was upset. Not, if that was not bad enough, Diog then took some men, went to Nob and killed their family members, women and children, even babies. Not only that, then they killed the cattle and the donkeys and the sheep and the goats. Killed everything, everybody. The only priest who escaped was one of Ahimelech's sons, his name was Abiathar, or Abiathar. And so Abiathar took off running, found David in Judah, and told them what happened. And David said, man, I did see Deog that day when I was in Nob talking to your dad, and I did see that he saw me, and I knew that he was going to tell on me. And then the Bible says this. He says to his son, now you stay with me, I'm going to protect you. But he said, I am responsible for the death of your father's family. Now, David said this. David, who now has to still believe God, says, I am responsible for the death of your father's family. Now, I'm talking about when crazy things happen. What does this mean to you today? You're like, man, Rick, whoa, this is a little bit too deep for me. It's a Monday morning. I got a lot of stuff to do today. Don't, don't, no, no, I got you. I'm a minister to you. I have four things to share with you as it relates to, listen, in real talk, real life, things happen that you like, you freak out about. So what do you do about it? Four things to share with you on this morning. Here we go. Number one, being in authority without being under authority is dangerous. Now, let me just deal with authority first, my first two points. So being in authority without being under authority is dangerous. If you look at the book of Genesis, uh, you, so, you see all the power that God gave Adam, right? God gave Adam, Adam was in charge of this whole planet. He, he, everything was under his feet. And so, so that was power. But 
God knows that you should not have power without parameters. So he gave him parameters. He said, listen, here's the one thing. You can't eat from that tree. If you eat from that tree, the day that you eat, you shall surely die. And then he broke the parameter. He ate. And when he ate, boom, he died spiritually. And then God kicked him out of the garden. Why? Because having power without parameters is dangerous. In the United States military, every leader in, in the United States military, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Every leader is a person who is in authority, but also under authority. And that goes all the way up to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. For you to be in authority, you have to be under authority. For Christian leaders, like servant leaders, the Father can bless us to be in positions of authority. Why? Because we're under his authority. And we're also under the authority of the people that are placed over us. So said another way, your earthly power to lead comes from your willingness to be led, right? And so... I'm going to give you one more example of this, is that Jesus encountered a Roman centurion, and this guy was a military commander, and as a military officer, he said, look, I tell people to go, and they have to go, I tell people to do, and they have to do, why? Because I'm a man under authority, so I'm a man under authority, and because I'm under authority, then people have to be under my authority, people have to do what I say because I do what I say, you know what I'm saying? And so Jesus was like, Uh, I only say those things I hear the Father say. I only do those things I see the Father do. Jesus' power came from his submission to the Father's authority. Here's my point. The principle here is that your level of authority comes from your level of submission. Your level of authority as a leader comes from your level of submission as a leader. If you are in authority, but you fail to submit to authority, then it's only a matter of time before you start using that authority the wrong way. So getting back to 1 Samuel chapter 22. King Saul lost his way. He was a man in authority, but he was no longer under authority. And 85 priests and all their family members and even all the animals died that day. Why? Because you had somebody who was in authority, but not under authority. Your authority comes from your submission. If you're a believer, that's also a leader. I'm going to close out this point. If you are a leader, you got to remember that you're under authority. And your power to lead comes from your willingness to be led to be led of the Holy Spirit. People won't have a problem submitting to you as long as you're submitted to God. Say amen to that, all right? Number two. Number two is don't act like this world. What Diog did in 1 Samuel 22 is despicable. He was trying to move up. And because he was trying to move up, he was willing to kill 85 priests and all their family members and even all their animals. While that's terrible, you know what? I sometimes have to remind myself is that people that are in the world are going to act like the world. Don't be surprised when people who are in the world act like the prince of this world, which is Satan. I'm not surprised when a sinner sins, right? I mean, you shouldn't be surprised when a sinner acts like their nature. What, What gives me upset, though, is when somebody that claims to be born again, a believer, is acting like the world. As a believer, you should not act like the world. You don't have a sinful nature. Once you're born again, your nature is God's nature. So now you're you're dead to sin and you're supposed to live like God. So where where I get upset is not when sinners sin because they're supposed to sin. Where I get upset is when believers start acting like the world to try to move up. As a believer, you don't have to tear someone down so you can move up. You can actually build them up and you still move up at the same time because promotions come from the Lord. Amen. All right. Number three, this is what I was trying to get to. Three and four is where I really wanted to get. And now I'm here. Number three, some things... There are some things that you're not going to understand until you get to heaven. Let me say that again. Look at me. There are some things that happen that you will not understand 
until you get to heaven. Now, if I could explain God, I would be God's God. So while, while I do my best to try to preach the gospel and to teach from the word of God and I'm teaching the Bible and I got it and I can explain the things of God, but listen, I can't explain God. Uh, there are some things that happen that we as humans cannot understand. If someone tries to tell you that they have it all figured out, they are lying. God is God, right? At the end of the day, and some things that happen that we're not going to understand. The same God who protected David, and this is where it gets real, the same God who protected David time and time again, by his unearned and amazing grace, you could say that David could sit there and be like, "Why, God, why did you protect me and not protect Ahimelech? Ahimelech was a priest. Those 85 priests did nothing wrong. Then their family members, there were babies that died. Hundreds of innocent people died in that text, all because of Saul's anger, and God did not stop it. And, and, and here you are thinking, like David could be like, whoa, whoa, what? Oh, What? God did not stop it. Now, does that mean that it was God's will? Now, look at me. This is where people understand or misunderstand God's sovereignty. Everything that happens is not the will of God. Let me be clear about this. Everything that happens in the earth is not the will of God. Coronavirus. Oh, God put... No, God didn't do coronavirus. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Just because something happens doesn't mean, oh, God wanted that to happen. No, there is a devil. He gets a vote. He does work through people in the earth. Sometimes God does prevent things from happening. And sometimes he seemingly does not. And I don't claim to have all the answers. And let me tell you that, that, that we're not going to have all the answers until we get to heaven. And, and there, is, there is, though, God's sovereignty and our responsibility. So even when you don't understand what God is doing or what's happening or, what's, or why this happened and why that happened, you still have to keep going. You still have to believe God. You have to still be led of the Holy Spirit and do whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to do. As a believer and as a human, listen, you are finite. And our God, as a deity, he is infinite. So when bad things happen, yes, we might have a lot of questions. And it's okay to even question God. I've asked God a lot of questions. But just don't think that God has to answer you. God may reveal himself, but he does not have to explain himself. And there's some things that we're not going to know until we get to heaven. And as a believer, you got you to gotta learn how to press through that even through the uncertainty. All right, number four and finally, last thing, last thing. Um, you have to get past crazy situations and keep going. As a believer, look at me. If you want to become the man, the woman that God called you to be, there are going to be some things that happen that you think are crazy. There are going to be some things that happen that you question God. There are going to be some things that happen that you just want to throw in the towel, give up, cave in and quit. And you have to have the grit and the determination to keep going despite the crazy things. This series is about faith and patience. It's about enduring for the long haul. It's about believing God for the things that he promised you and, and continuing to believe, refusing to relax the grip that you have on your faith. I will continue to believe. I will not cast away therefore my confidence for I know that it has a great recompense or reward. I'm going to live this way. I'm going to keep believing God until I see in my hands what God revealed in my heart. Now, I need you to know that if you're determined to live that way, there will be moments along the way where you don't understand God. There will be moments along the way where you're so frustrated that you actually do want to give up. There will be moments where you're like, what in the world is going on? But in those moments, you have to keep going. You must have the resolve to press through the pain. And sometimes there are painful situations. I want you to put yourself in David's shoes for a moment. Just slow down for a minute and just think about your David. Uh, Abiathar comes to you and tells you that his father, Ahimelech, the guy that helped you out, he's dead. 
Not just him, 84 other priests are dead. Not just them, women and children are dead. Not just them, but, but animals are dead. Every donkeys and sheep and cattle and goats, everybody is dead in the town of Nob. And then you think about it and you internalize it and you know that all of this happened because of you. All of this happened because there's some crazy dude named Saul that wants to kill you, but he hates you so much that he killed everybody because one man gave you some bread and he gave you a sword. And you even say out of your own lips, I am responsible for the death of your father and his family. You say that. You say that out of your own lips. And how do you keep going? I mean, this is real talk. How do you say I'm responsible to this guy and say, well, you stay here and I'm going to protect you. And then you give them to your men to protect them. And then you go to your tent or your room or whatever. And you know, you got to cry. You're there crying and like, God, why did, how did, what did, what? And how do you keep going from that? Many Christians think that the story of David is, oh, the prophet came, anointed him to be the king. He killed the giant. Boom, he's the king. No, maybe you didn't read the Bible. Heck no. There's all kind of crazy stuff. Matter of fact, we're not through studying the life of David. We're going to see a lot more things happen. But as a believer, you got to keep going. It wasn't that easy for David. It's not going to be that easy for you as I close. Let me tell you, if you want to become the man, the woman that God calls you to be, you must be determined to keep going no matter what happens to you. There will be countless moments when you question God. There will be times like, listen, you remember the movie, The Apostle? The movie, The Apostle, I like, <laughs> in that movie, um, Robert Duvall, he yells at God. I mean, there are times where I talk to God and there are times where I yell at God. Like, I don't know if you've ever been there. I mean, times of frustration where you like, you don't know what's going on. You're upset with God. Like, wait, wait a minute, God, you, I was minding my own business when you told me to do this. My life was easier before you told me to go down this road. What is wrong with you? Why did this happen? Why did that happen? You get upset. Have you ever been there? I'm not talking about maybe if you've never been there, if you've never like had those moments with God, maybe you're not pursuing anything. I don't know about you, but I know if you really want it, if you really want everything that God promised, there are going to be those moments. There's going to be those moments when you want to give up and cave in, when you want to throw in the towel, when you don't know what's going on. And let me tell you something as I close. This is a major reminder today. If you walk away, God is not going to stop you. Let me be very clear about this. If you say, forget it, I'm done, and you, you give up, and you walk away, and you leave the church, and you leave your friends, and you, you, you unfriend everybody on Facebook and be like, don't call me, and you block everybody, you forget it. You tell your wife, we're done. We're leaving. We're, whatever. You can give up. You can stop like you can. God won't stop you. God will allow whatever you allow. God will permit whatever you permit. And that doesn't even mean that you're going to lose your salvation. You're still going to go to heaven if you're born again. But you're going to get to heaven and then you're going to realize when you get there that there was a bunch of stuff that you could have had and a bunch of things that you could have done and you missed out because you got frustrated and you missed out because you gave up, because you caved in, because you quit. You gave up because of a crazy situation. Listen, crazy things are going to happen. Crazy things are going to happen to you. Crazy things are going to happen around you. And as a believer, you have to keep going. Say amen to that. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. This is an important message, by the way, today. This is something you might need to listen to again, and I really need you to share this message with other people. Lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, I acknowledge that you are a sovereign king. You are the only deity. 
I worship you all the days of my life. I seek answers to questions when I have them. And I thank you for giving me the answers that you do. But on those occasions, when you do not give me a clear answer, and I don't know why certain things have happened, I shall not allow the level of mystery that I have to keep me from, keep going, uh, to keep me from pressing forward. I shall run with patience the race that you have set before me, and I will never quit. I will not allow a person, a painful situation, or anything else to keep me from running and completing my course. Living this way, I know that greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Today's word, please apply it and prosper. Do you want my notes? You probably want my notes. Go to todaysword.org, click on the subscribe button. You'll get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, this is real talk, real talk. Sometimes crazy things happen. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. Sometimes good things happen to bad people and you don't know. You don't know why. At the end of the day, you may not get all the answers. You may not get all the answers, but you still got to keep going. You cannot give up. You cannot cave in. You cannot quit. I love you. God loves you more. Do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message has been a blessing to you. And then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. And I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.